Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. I have to excuse my voice. Um, obviously, being at camp for a whole entire week, the main part of my role was risk management, so telling people just to pull back from the games and such things they were playing, so I had to vocalise quite often. <laughs> um, but today, it's my absolute privilege to share a message with you as we wrap up this three-week series uh, that we've been calling The Heart of the Matter. So for week one, uh, Anthony shared with us what God's heart looks uh, like for us as an individual and looking at our own hearts, what the inflows are um, and how that's reflected in the outflows of our lives. He challenged us that we may need to spiritually renovate our hearts. Now, for someone who has had their heart spiritually renovated, <clears throat> as well as physically renovated by the way of two open heart surgeries, I can highly recommend the spiritual renovation over the physical any day. Do not recommend, 10 out of 10, do not recommend open heart surgery once and definitely not twice. It, it's brutal. <laughs> and last week we had members from our congregation sharing about their lives and what they see as God's heart for our church here at York Street and the impact that it's had on our community. Um, most of you would not be aware that I am five generations York Street. So there's me, there's my mum, there's my grandpa, my mum's grandpa and my grandpa's grandpa. So um, my grandpa's grandpa or my great-great-grandpa uh, that was one of the founding members um, of this church who, with the other founders, saw a need um, in the Ballarat East community and followed what God had called them to do in establishing a place in which people from Ballarat could meet together to share and to learn about God's love for them. And I would so love to know... Um, what the founding members thought that they would, that were thinking, you know, 130 years ago, what the impact this church would still be having here in Ballarat today. And so to close this sermon series, I'll be sharing with you God's heart for the kingdom. So why don't we pray together? Dear God, we thank you uh, that we do have a space to worship, um, to meet together as a community and to learn about you, to share our lives with each other, God. And I just pray... As we, um, as, you, as we share today in this message, Lord, that we will have our open hearts and our open ears to really hear what you are saying um, that you've got for us, Lord. And yeah, I just pray that, um, yeah, we'll just be responsive to what you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So I will just have a quick drink of water. Thanks, Bree. So if you have your Bibles with you, I would love to open up to John chapter 3 and we'll read from verses 16 through to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Where were you when you, that message or a form of that message uh, clicked for you? 
when you understood it in your head and accepted it into your heart. For some of you, it might have been at a camp, at some form of rally, in church, talking to a friend, listening to some worship music, or alone somewhere in the depths of your biggest struggle. For me, it was about 25 years ago at a Youth Alive in Melbourne. And I know what you're thinking, Meg, how is it possible that you were even old enough to be at that Youth Alive 25 years ago? You must have been no more than about five. I can tell you that I was old enough, but I do appreciate you thinking that I look younger than what I actually am. At that Youth Alive... At that Youth Alive at the Rod Laver Arena all those years ago, the speaker was talking about living by choice and not by chance. It was in that moment that I went, yes, that's me. I want to live the life that God has for me. I believe that he has a plan and a purpose for my life. I, have, I want to have a relationship with him through his son. And while it was in that moment it clicked for me, I was, as I reflect now, I realise there were many other conversations many other experiences and observations that I'd had in the lead up to making that decision that changed my life um, and to follow the call of God on my life. And for those of you who have chosen to follow Jesus, take some time now to reflect on how you came to make that decision for yourself. And if you don't know Jesus or have questions or you're wrestling with who he is to you, I invite you to reflect on what brought you here today. My guess is that there is a someone or a group of someones that has had an impact on you. There have been moments, conversations that have contributed to you being at church today or that have helped you come to know and choose to follow Jesus. Maybe you've been impacted by that someone talking about their own faith, what God has done or is doing in their lives. It could be the way they've acted or responded to challenges or the winds of life and you've observed that. Or maybe you have been impacted by the friendship that you have with them. For a time, you probably wondered why they acted or spoke the way I did. You probably thought that a little bit weird even. For many of us today, it is because of the someone in our lives that have known Jesus and have chosen to have a relationship with him, to follow him and live there and in the way, to follow him in the way they live their lives. Their lives have been changed and it's not something they can keep to themselves. They want to follow what they have been called to do. And it's outlined in Matthew 28, 19 to 20. And in my Bible, it's titled The Great Commission, where it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. They wanted to share through their words and deeds the impact that Jesus had on their lives, which can be experienced by anyone who chooses to follow him. It is the same for us too. We have this exciting message to share, but I think we're often afraid of getting it wrong or upsetting people or not knowing what going looks like. That was something I struggled with for a really long time. I didn't know what going for me looked like. Growing up in the church, I had this perception that I had to pack my bags, head overseas and preach the gospel. I was like, nope, that's not for me. I'm a homebody and I'm not going anywhere. And as we all know, you don't tell God you're not going to do something. Um, but so long story short, 
I did go overseas. I learned a lot about God, his heart for the world and his heart for me. And it shaped who I am today. But today, I want to talk to you about your everyday going. You're heading to school or your work going. You're hanging out with friends going. You're shopping at DTC going. Your attendance at grandparents' day going. The Bible is full of examples of Jesus and his interactions with people that he came across as he was going. In Luke 17, it says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, ten men who had leprosy met him. Luke 18.35, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road. And in Matthew 9.9, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a tax collector. Following in the footsteps of Jesus, going, telling people about Jesus and helping them to grow in their discipleship journey is about investing time in relationship with people. It's about how you engage with the people in your community, your family, your friends, strangers in the street. And usually it doesn't look anything like walking straight up to a stranger and saying, I want to talk to you about the love of Jesus. Now that may work for some people, but it might also totally scare them off. But it's about going, uh, being open and receptive to opportunities with, that God provides you with. These opportunities might be long-term ongoing or short, quick interactions. And you may never see the final outcome of those interactions, much like what Anthony spoke about with the seeds in the final week of the Faith Runs Deep series. And this morning, I'd like to share with you a couple of my experiences I've had uh, being open to those opportunities to share my faith. So as I mentioned before, I've had a couple of open heart surgeries, um, and as a baby I was born with a defect. Uh, I've written defect here, but it's actually four heart defects, like I was messed up. <laughs> um, and that was operated on to be repaired when I was nearly two. And as part of that process, I had regular checkups, and when I was about 21, I found out that I would most likely need my pulmonary valve uh, replaced as well. But it wasn't until 10 years later when that call was actually made that I needed to get that fixed. Um, and so I underwent open heart surgery for the second time. And fun fact, I have a pig valve in my heart and it's patched in there with a bit of uh, cow. So I'm part beef and bacon, which is, <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. There are some days I can't eat pork though and I just wonder if I'm related, but that's all right. <laughs> But once I found out about this, I called my manager at work at the time and I was like, so I'm going to need a little bit of time off. And as part of the process, uh, she had to tell her manager and others I was going to be out of action for about three months. It was one day at work, it was about two weeks uh, before I went on sick leave and I was walking through the canteen and one of the directors of the business walked past me and he turned around, oh Megan, can I um, catch up with you, just pop into this meeting room. Now I started to freak out. I hadn't had any real interactions with this guy uh, for the time that I'd worked there, and my first thought was, uh-oh, what have I done? Am I in trouble? And I followed him in, and he simply said to me, I had no idea what you were going through and that you've had this surgery hanging over your head uh, for such a long time. You're handling it so well, continuing on with your work, and you don't, like, you don't have a care in the world. And in that moment, I was able to share with him that I had a faith in God, and it was just part of my story and the plan that God has for my life. And the conversation ended there. But in that short interaction, I took that opportunity to tell him why I had the hope that I did. My second story, um, so for my high school years, I went 
over here to what is now Woodman's, Second, or Woodman's Hill Secondary College. Back in my day, it was Ballarat Secondary College East Campus. And I think before that, it was good old East High. Um, and at school, all through high school, I was commonly known to a, a group of mostly boys by the name of Churchy. And some days they would come past me and say, have you spoken to Jesus today, Churchy? And I would say, well, yeah, actually I have. Um, I was never shy about going to church on Sundays and youth group on Friday nights, but they thought calling me Churchy would get under my skin. And I can tell you it was the preference over some of the names that they could have called me due to the lovely colour of my hair. Anyway, as I progressed through high school, I had a really great bunch of friends, and there was one friend in this group in particular that I built a really great uh, friendship with, just hanging out and being silly and all of that. I would often be the good guy accomplice in their shenanigans, and this friend would often disappear from year 11 biology and not take their stuff with them. And at the end of the class, I would pack up their bag and go find them wagging in the library. One day, I started packing up their stuff and the teacher came over, she took the bag, ransom, and told me I had to send my friend back to get it. I stayed friends with this person post high school, and I remember one night we'd been at a friend's 21st, and we were just chatting, um, and they were feeling a bit down, struggling a bit with life, and during that conversation they said to me, I don't like feeling like this. I don't want to feel like this anymore. I want what you have. Now, I can't remember what I said in that moment, and there were other people and moments that God would have used uh, to get this person's attention. What I do know is the direction of this person's life changed, and today they are living out a life that has God at the centre. Over the years, I've reflected at the relationship that we had. Not once did I preach at them, confront them about what they were doing or, weren't, or what they weren't doing with their life. I was just as me displaying God's uh, love for them and what God has done for me. It's through my actions through my responses and my stories, and maybe a few cheeky church songs playing in the car if I was driving with them anywhere. The heart of the matter, and God's heart for us, his people, is that he wants us to know him and for us to have a relationship with him. He wants, to be, he wants us to be able to live the life that he has planned for us, to find his peace, joy, and he wants to spend, us to spend an eternity with him. And I have no doubt in my mind that we all have a purpose you can't tell me that what happens here is all there is. So what are we doing with that message of love and hope? And as I think about my family and my friends who are yet to come to know God or have heard the message in their heads, but they haven't taken it into the, their hearts, it saddens me. It grieves me. And it fills me with an urgency in sharing that message because I don't want them to miss out on the life lived to the full or spend eternity separated from God. So I encourage you, challenge you, what does your going look like? Ask God to show you for opportunities where you can scatter kingdom seeds. Ask him to show you where the seeds have already been planted in the hearts of the people around you that you can nurture, even if your interactions are infrequent. One of my favourite stories in the Bible is the parable of the sower and when Jesus breaks into the explanation of what the parable meant. And that's in Matthew 13 reading from 19 to 23. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, 
they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers, refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. We need to take care and nurture the seeds that God reveals to us in those around us. We need to be aware of when we say we are Christians, those around us are observing what our actions and our words actually display. We don't want to be the thorns or the rocky ground through actions or words that don't display God's love and heart for his people. And if you're doing all you possibly can and a person is not receptive, then that is okay too. You might just be one person in the many that God has lined up to engage with that person. Don't get discouraged. Keep praying. Keep engaging. Keep showing God's love and displaying the life that God has for you. As I wrap up today, I encourage you, challenge you to really ask God what your daily going looks like. Is there anything you need to change or do differently in how you act or respond to others and display that your faith in Jesus has changed you, set you apart, and shows people what the heart of the matter really is? Let's pray. Dear God, uh, we did pray for, yeah, the people in, in our going that you have placed their Lord for a reason and a purpose, for us to engage with them, for us to show them how much you love them and care for them and that, how much you want them to be a part of your family, God. I just pray that, yeah, we do have a look at what our going looks like and, and be courageous and, Lord, show us those opportunities for the people around us, whether they are long-term interactions or short and infrequent, God. And we just pray that you will reveal those opportunities to us and fill us with a boldness to proudly talk about why we have the hope that we have, Lord. And, yeah, I just pray as we go into this week, Lord, that, yeah, we'll really start to look around us and see who is there in, in our midst, Lord, that you've put there. And I pray these things in your name. Amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.